everybody. This is Big Ange from the All In Chronicles, and you just tuned in to experience a dose of humor, optimism, and inspiration to give you all you needed on this wonderful day. So today, I have a special guest on. I'm going to read through his accolades, but most importantly, he is like family to me. So uh, ex- please disregard me reading a piece of paper because I don't want to miss anything. Bobby graduated from Colonia High School. He's all Middlesex County in 1990, scored 1325 career points, 1,112 in two seasons, his junior and senior year, received an athletic scholarship to San Anselm College. At San Anselm, he scored 1,307 career points, all Northeast 10, conference first team 1994, honorable mention, All-American 1994. He graduated. He was in, he is in the Woodbridge Township Hall of Fame class of 2019. Woodbridge Girls Cross Country Coach 2018 to present. Woodbridge Girls Basketball Coach 2013 to present. Coached his uh, oldest daughter there. Co-founder of the Basketball Warehouse. Currently director of Youth Sports Woodbridge Township um, Sports. Personally. To me, he's an incredible husband, a girl dad of three amazing young women, and um, he's been in my life uh, since I was probably maybe 17, 18. So, yeah, high school. I've known Bobby a long time. He is married into the Waterman family who basically raised me, and uh, I'm so excited to connect and share this passion we have about, you know, normalizing mental health and what coaches can do for you and how he coaches. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be super valuable today. So first, Bobby, we start out with this thing. I think I invented, but probably not. It's the all in question game, you know, to, you know, break the ice, the whole thing. For the record, these questions have not been provided in advance. No, 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 no. So it's like quick, let's go. First answers. Here we go. Favorite food. Uh, Chicken Parmesan. (laughs) <laughs> love that favorite ice cream flavor vanilla okay favorite motivational movie rocky any of them mostly one and two one workout you do to ease stress uh i run i still run every day awesome and your favorite motivational song uh probably any of the rocky themes um there's a bunch of simon and garfunkel songs that i connect with and identify but as you can tell from, from the Rocky comments, I was raised on Rocky and okay, okay. sort of Sylvester Stallone movies that I So have you ever I... taken a picture on the stairs in Philly? Uh, no, I took the picture on the stairs at the stadium at Woolridge a few times when we were younger and we were emulating. <laughs> um, but no, never actually been to the I saw the statue when it was at the Spectrum. So that was Okay. Cool. Okay. Awesome. And the last question hit you between the eyes. Who is your hero? Oh. I don't know. It's uh, probably my dad who you know, passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say my dad. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, you know, All In is basically the motivation behind it is all about, you know, bringing a community together to uh, normalize conversation, um, empower athletes, but also to share people's stories. So the most important thing to me is doing this podcast is I want to give people a voice um, and I would love you to start with your story, um, you know, your playing career, then your coaching career, yep. just then we'll just kind it's, of bounce off of each other. And I want to hear and, all about and it. Then, and then in all transparency, my my drinking career, which plays an enormous role uh, in my story because it, it's all interconnected. So, yeah, I grew up in uh, Woodbridge, New Jersey. Uh, we grew up in a little town, a, a section of Woodbridge called Colonia. Um, as you can tell from what you read, I had a very successful uh athletic career one filled with overachieving um five foot ten 130 pounds in high school and maybe 140 by the time I made it to college so everything I did was as a result of hard work and effort and working harder than the next guy and being tougher than the next guy and uh, you know it was something that makes me incredibly proud the work ethic that that uh was instilled in me uh, had a lot of success in high school as you mentioned, you know, a thousand points in two years, all county, all those things. Um, and then went to college and, you know, got beaten up my freshman year, got benched, which is one of the best things ever happened to me, um, which we can talk about later. I started yeah. the first 10 games and I sat the bench for 20 and it was very humbling. It, it was an eye opener and it, and it changed my life. Uh, one of the 
keystone moments in my life was sitting on the bench. I never sat on the bench before. <laughs> and um, it, it really impacted me big time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all alone in New Hampshire. And then, but ultimately then I ended up, when I graduated, I was the seventh all-time leading scorer in the history of the school. Um, lots of shooting records, lots of scoring records, on and on. But it was I was more proud of the fact that I went from being benched to being first team all-conference, honorable mention all-American. And I got better every year, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and I was consumed with basketball. It was mm -hmm. I didn't it, college was a four year basketball camp for me, and mm -hmm. um, it's kind of embarrassing to say I, I took no pride in uh, academics. I was a terrible student um, because I didn't pay any attention to academics. I was there mm -hmm. to play basketball. Sure. Um, and it it consumed me. It consumed mm -hmm. me. You know, seven eight hours a day in the summer, three or four hours a day. Uh, even after practice, before practice, running, lifting, shooting, I st mm -hmm. still took a thousand shots every day, you know, so I was consumed with basketball. And I didn't realize at the time that was essentially early stage addiction, mm -hmm. uh, early stage, uh, um, yeah. you know, being just way, way, way consumed with something. And I was chasing something. I was chasing the feeling of trying to be good enough. Um, and when I was an athlete. It was very easy. It was black and white. If I had 30 points, if you had four points, I was better. I was good enough. There were yeah. tangible, there were tangible results that you could, you could look at. And, you know, I just kicked your ass in the basketball court. How could I, you know, uh, not be good enough? I yes. proved it. Um, and so there were tangible things along the way that, that hid a lot of the things that were going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize it. I had no idea that because the people I surrounded myself with, I thought everybody practiced basketball eight hours a day. I thought everybody uh, lived in a household or grew up in a household where, you know, you lived and died with each game and where, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's embarrassing to say it, it's not embarrassing. It's, um, it's maybe somebody out there can identify our house was on eggshells when I didn't play well. Um, it was a very difficult, quiet, intense, um, you know, it's a tough way to live, but the house was happy when I played well. And, and that's a lot of pressure to, to have on a kid. And I don't even think grow, going through it, we realized it. You know, I certainly, when I was younger, realized in the car ride home, uh, <laughs> you know, which, which to me is one of the more damaging things that anybody could ever um, do to kids is to, is to be screaming at somebody on the car ride home uh, and the way they played or, or whatever the case may be, whatever the, my dad was hooked on at the time. But, uh, you know, I had a tremendous career. I have a kind of career that most people look at and say, wow, that was great. That was mm -hmm. awesome, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. But it's let, it's there are so many trade-offs along the way that I wish if I had it to do over, you know, uh, there are so many things that I would have done differently. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I really developed as a human being much mm -hmm. during that time. I did, you know, and it, but I really didn't take advantage of, college and academics and meeting people and and socializing and doing things that um normal kids do if there is a term as normal kids anymore <laughs> so, so i graduate college you know pretty accomplished athlete whoop-de-doo but now here's real life and um i didn't know what to do i didn't know how to do it i didn't know i didn't know you know this this entire thing that i was consumed with was now gone um and what i was consumed with kept those feelings deep down the feelings of not being good enough because I was always getting recognition for being good enough and I could yeah. I could feel it so now all of a sudden there's nothing to 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 stop those feelings from coming up so you know you just feel lost confused there's nothing to attach myself to um, I've also lost teammates and friends that aren't around anymore um, I don't have the locker room which was a haven in a you know which was such a part of everybody's story is that locker room you don't realize that you actually talk and reveal things to the, in a locker room that you wouldn't normally, you know? And long story short, I, I didn't drink at all in college during my playing career. And I started picking up alcohol after I was playing. Um, so I, this is, I was not a 10 year old drinker sipping beers in the closet or, or any of those stories that I hear in AA. I, I started drinking after. And at first it wasn't the biggest deal in the world, but eventually, you know, alcohol, started to, to, to stop those feelings that I was having. Alcohol replaced athletics. It really did because all the emotions and all the feelings and all the things that I gained from athletics, I found in alcohol and wow. drinking. And yeah. um, I didn't realize it along the way that I was, you know, trying to 
hide the pain, you know, the, the pain of not being good enough, the pain of, of all those things that I felt growing up that basketball solved, but, but I couldn't anymore. I, I didn't have basketball anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it happens quick. It happens uh, sneakily, you know, and along the way, life goes on though. You know, I mm -hmm. obviously got married and you, you, we can speak more about my life later on, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it started a family and you start to realize like, where did, where is all this coming from? You know? And um, it, a lot of it started when I was at a very young age, the pressure that I felt from athletics and it was, there was more things. It's never any one thing, mm -hmm. you know, but along the way, and I see it all the time, uh, the way parents are prioritizing child, your kids, athletics, their performance, um, the other day I heard somebody tell a kid, you know, well, you're not going to be able to afford, we're not going to be able to afford to go to college. You're not going to be able to afford to go to college unless you get a scholarship. I mean, imagine the pressure that, that, that athlete feels sure. on a daily basis and it's unhealthy and it's crazy. And, um, so, you know, there were some difficult years for me and then thank God, um, I finally got sober about 14 years ago, um, about 14 and a half years. But along the way, um, you know, I was in an AA meeting and a guy said to me, you know, if you don't start giving back, you're going to drink again. And a lot of alcoholics give back. I do sponsor some guys and go to meetings yeah. and do all that. But it was, that wasn't for me. I was barely sober. What am I going to tell another guy? You know, I, I didn't yeah. have but what I did have confidence with was, was teaching basketball and, and giving back in that way. And um, so what I wanted to do, and that's how I got all into a lot of this, was I wanted to give back, you know, what was given to me. But I wanted to do it the right way. Um, I wanted to, you know, coach and not criticize. You know, I wanted to build up and not break down. And um, so a lot of this started, you know, basically as, as a way of keeping myself sober, mm -hmm. you know, giving back uh, as a coach. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. It's been an incredible experience both the training aspect of it at the warehouse and then the, the coaching that uh, obviously I've been blessed with the opportunity to coach um, at Woodbridge High School. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite a journey and um, I keep talking, I don't know if you have questions, but I can go on, no, on forever. Keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and a lot of, um, a lot of, and I'm grateful that I, I'm, I'm coaching as a sober Coach, yes, it's mm -hmm. because a lot of the principles and a lot of the things that I learned in AA, I try and apply, you mm -hmm. know, to, to coaching and um, identifying with people. And um, it's really taught me, I, you know, I don't know, God, I barely coach basketball. We don't coach basketball. We yeah. coach people. Yes. And, um, you know, getting to know kids, getting them to, to know that you care about them, um, empathizing with their situation, understanding what their family life is like family life is like understanding what they're going through mm -hmm. um connecting with them it's yes. um it's been a real incredible eye-opener for me you know is, mm -hmm. is is getting to know people because until you really understand what they're going through or what gets them to a certain spot it's very difficult to motivate or, or you sure. know encourage so uh that's been quite a journey too it's just you know yeah. understand people and um it's so not easy you believe that like every kid needs to be coached differently. So you're oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, sure. uh, without question. I mean, I, I think every mm -hmm. kid needs to be treated fairly and, and every mm -hmm. kid needs to be given the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, oh, I, I mean, God, I, 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 tr I have three daughters that we, we, we yeah. treat differently um, yeah. because they're different people and, and different people are motivated by different things and different people are impacted by certain things. And, you know, there are certain kids you can talk to one way and there are certain kids that um, you just have to address differently. Yeah, I have it on my team now. There are, I, there are certain girls that I can't call out in the middle of a practice. I have to talk mm -hmm. to them on the side. And, and But mm -hmm. being able to navigate that and understand that um, goes a long way, you know, and it sure. builds trust because you want you want those kids to be able to come and talk to you and, yeah. and not be afraid to, to, to you know, open up. Or, or reveal what's bothering them or what's what's mm -hmm. on their mind or you know there's so many things um in today's day and age that could be going on at home that mm -hmm. you just don't know about you know yes so. so like one thing that i think is awesome is like the strategies in aa are basically mm -hmm. like people look at it and they're like oh it's aa and you know there's there's terms and there's all of that but you're really learning <laughs> a, a change in mindset you are you going to live yeah 
you're learning how to live. It's a change in mindset and those strategies you take into mental health. And so one of the big things that I'm learning is like, when I say mental health to people, they're like, nah, not depressed. I don't have anxiety. I don't have mental illness. And I'm like, no, mental health is what you're doing every day to stay afloat. And mental health every day is how you're making yourself happy. Like, what do you do for yourself? Mental health is going to grab a cup of coffee and sitting in your car and taking a couple sips before you go on. Like, that's your mental health. And I think it's really cool that the way you put it, like that you wanted to be a coach that it, you're going to give back. Right. And so you probably didn't think like when you were growing up, mental health probably wasn't even talked about. I mean, were no. you allowed to talk about your feelings? Ange, come on. I mean, when we were growing up, it, right? it was, you weren't allowed to talk about your feelings. You weren't allowed um, in our household and in other households in, in you know, growing up in the 80s to sure. reveal weakness. Um, you know, there's a word you were called that I won't re yeah. mention on the, mm -hmm. I, uh, on, the, on the Zoom here, but you didn't want to be that person that was weak or, or couldn't play hurt or mm -hmm. couldn't or would reveal that, you know, hey, maybe I just don't feel like playing basketball today or I don't yeah. want to. It, 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 God, it wouldn't have even entered my mind to, to, to say something like that to my dad or, um, you know, to reveal that I was not feeling good. And, and I said one time I was, um, I was speaking actually at an AA meeting and I said one time, you know, if you roll your ankle or your back hurts or your finger hurts, or you, you go to the doctors immediately, you go to the trainer. Yet when your brain isn't working right for years, you can suppress it and yes. for years and act like it's not happening um because you're afraid afraid of what the consequences you know and yeah. God, if you would have mentioned a psychologist oh when, in the 80s or the early 90s to to my college coach at the time who is the same coach now who I had a conversation with him just about a month ago and he's such mm -hmm. a different person yeah because sure. of how things have changed but if I were to say to a coach you know I'm I'm not feeling right today coach it would have been yeah the consequences yeah. would have been, you know, it would have been, I can't even repeat I, what, what would have been said back to me. And that's how, that's how, and a lot of my emotions and things in life were, were taught to me by those coaches. You know, the great coaches that I had were some of the toughest guys that I knew, or at least what I thought was tough, you know, which yes. was yes. no weakness, no emotion, mm -hmm. fighting and aggression and uh, handling things, um, you know. I'm embarrassed that I cried when I mentioned my dad, but growing up, we didn't cry in the house. It wasn't, it wasn't acceptable yeah. to, to show emotion or, to, you know, the only emotion that we really showed most of the time was anger or, or frustration. Mm -hmm. And that has a whole other, uh, you know, series of problems connected to it. But, you know, as an athlete and, uh, and I see it all the time, like so many kids, you think an eight or a nine year old wants to play 40 travel games in a season, or do you think somebody wants to, you know, throw a baseball year round? No. Um, but there's so much pressure that they're afraid to tell their parents or father or mother, woman to, Hey, I don't, I don't really want to go to this training tonight. I'm nine years old. I, I you know, I still believe in Santa Claus, yeah. but yet, but yet the whole world revolves around all this nonstop, you know, full-time yeah. pressure. And, and I see it and, and, you know, some, I'm, I'm grateful for a forum like this because you can talk about things without talking directly to somebody because sometimes people get offended. But I almost feel like saying, like, if you knew what you were doing to your son or your daughter, right, you know, I'm telling you the negative consequences, would you keep doing it? And, um, you know, would you want them to be a 30-year-old alcoholic who's, who's hiding their emotions, and, you know, by drinking every day before anybody gets home because they're, they're so impacted by how you're treating them now? Would you keep doing it? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I just, it, so I've tried to do the other end of yeah, it, which is sure. uh, pre preach about what my uh, experience, strength and hope, like I say in AA, I apply that athletically, you know, but I also try and provide a, like with the basketball warehouse or when we're coaching a forum or an opportunity for the kids to be coached the right way. Like yeah. it's all right. If you're not the yeah. best runner on the team today, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. come back tomorrow. We'll get after it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like you said, A is a principle. There's, I think alcohol is only mentioned once in the 12 steps. Yeah, the sure. rest of it is just a way to live. And and we've applied a lot of that. I've applied a lot of that in, in my approach to, to working with athletes. I mean, not not in a preachy way, but in a quiet way, like how I approach kids. Sure. So um, I hope I connect with kids. You know, you're not always going to be able to connect with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I rarely mention my story to them. I just try and, you know, li live my amends and give back by by being mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. the kind of coach that doesn't break kids down because I've seen, you know, I've seen it 
seeing mm-hmm. the consequences and it's not, yeah. it's not pretty. On the flip side of that, uh, you know, I've always been a journaler and, uh, it's been a huge tool for me and my mindset. And, uh, I had, um, attended Al-Anon, um, mm-hmm. throughout my life because of my family. And, um, yeah. and I'll tell you, like when I was really, when I left teaching and coaching, and I was really thinking about this message I wanted to send a lot of what all in stands for is from those 12 steps and what I had to do. And there is a huge connection there. And, uh, that helped me. And when I went to AA meetings with my parents and NA meetings, like it was huge to hear that. And, uh, and the biggest thing is like, creating the relationships and uh, making the call, making the connection and listening yeah. and learning. And yeah, it's, it's pretty deep. And yeah. I mean, and you probably heard it identify, but not compare. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, I mean, it, comparison with these kids with social media is, is crushing them, you know, yeah. like it's, it's really tough. It's tough. Yep. And, and we talk about all the time, you know, the unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that, um, that parents have or coaches have, they create resentments, you know, and they create problems with kids. And and sometimes the, it's just so out there, you know, like you're judging a 10 year old and, and whether or not they're going to be a college athlete, or you're judging a you know, nine year old, uh, whether or not they're going to actually, you know, be a, a varsity player. What nice nine years old, you know, yeah. but the pressure and no other walk of life do, does that happen where you get evaluated at such a young age with so many things. And it just has such, a negative impact um, oh, sure. on, on on kids it's um i mean honestly stuff. like something that's really affecting me lately is when people are saying to me like well you know don't you think that the way you know back then that's why we're tougher in this generation and i'm like well will you define tougher because it's not and they're like well nowadays you can't coach kids the same way you know you can't but 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 maybe the way we're coaching them now in 20 years, these kids aren't going to be, uh, you know, addicted and damaged, damaged, addicted, like, you know, yeah. and maybe we're giving them mindset strategies and yeah, sure. In 10 years. Great. Uh, you yeah. know, I saved a bunch of balls as a goalkeeper, but in 10 years, was I able to hold the relationships? Was I able to bounce back? Was I able to do all those things? And and I think like, that's my biggest thing with people when they're like, oh, well, like, what are you going to go talk about? Don't you agree that coaches need to be tough? I'm like, no, it's difference between being tough and holding them accountable, but kids are only going to react of you holding them accountable if they trust you yes. and if you respect them. And uh, that's a big message for me to send in this uh, journey. Huge. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that frustrates me, particularly as a, um, you know, involved in all the youth sports that I see. It's not about being tougher, right? It's not mm-hmm. about coaching kids more. But when you're coaching every dribble or you're coaching mm-hmm. every swing or you're coaching every play in the field or you're coaching every time somebody, you know, is about to uh, hit a tennis ball and, and you're, you know, motioning in the – like, that, that's not healthy. And, and, and there's a difference between being tough, like – and demanding and being unrealistic and, mm-hmm. and being, you know, completely almost abusive. I think in some cases it's almost a form of child abuse where you're constantly, constantly criticizing, managing, uh, over coaching. That's not making anybody tough. That's not what all our coaches are, that we consider tough used to do. They were demanding, they, they instilled discipline and they didn't accept, um, you know, and we could talk a little bit about our kids and Heidi, but, yeah, because I coached actually two of our kids in high school, and it's not easy to coach your own kid, yeah. especially at the high school level, you know. But one of the things we've only ever talked about at home has been attitude and effort, you know. Wow. We don't yeah. talk about performance either way. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we'll mention it or gloss over it. But, you know, I, I made our girls a deal that if I was going to coach them in high school, I would leave it in the gym. Mm-hmm. And we would only ever, and, and you can ask Heidi, um, she can come on this call. When it comes to our um, raising of our kids in sports, we don't talk about anything at home or in the car ride other than your attitude and effort. Because those two messages, attitude and effort, have nothing to do with the sport itself. It's about character issues and and, and the right thing, right? So you're not not Mm going to have bad body language. You're Mm -hmm. not going to give a shitty effort. 
uh, you're going to work hard if you're going to commit to this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we don't talk about missed shots. And, and, you know, both of my older daughters had tremendous high school careers and Brooke had a great college career. But even we don't talk about the lows. And we also don't overly hype the highs, you know, mm-hmm. because kids pick up on that. You know, yes. I know I'm a little off base of what your original. No, was. I love it. No, we're going to. Yeah, but but great. kids pick up on your mannerisms. And even if you don't say anything sometimes, if they look over and you're always smiling when they're playing well and your body language as a parent is bad when they're playing poorly, um, it impacts them. And, and, and I'm not perfect at that. I got to get better at that. You know, it's not easy. Um, My facial but, you know, there's, <laughs> Yeah, there's so many things you don't realize uh, that, that put pressure. And all, all, what we're talking about here is, is the mental health of, of yes. particularly younger athletes. And like I said, for a kid to play, sign up for Little League and have his father or mother or brother, you know, when every time he goes at bat, you know, choke up, swing here, lower, lower your elbow. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And you see it at every game and you see it and it's everywhere. Um, Or the coaches who think they're Pat Riley and they pace up and down the sideline and, and, and analyze every single play or call plays out every play and, you know, kids aren't allowed to be kids anymore. And I think it's had enormous, enormous negative impact on, on, on their well-being. And sure. it has, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't let them sit over their shoulder in, in, in the class and say, mm-hmm. you know, make your, make your R's a little bit better, you know, like, <laughs> they're doing too. like we don't let it happen there uh, for a reason, but somehow in sports now it's like accepted to sure. coach a dribble or, or, or yeah. be a, a real pain in the ass in the bleachers. But. Let me ask you this question. Uh, what he so a coach is right we got to make them better like let's just take basketball for example you get them on the foul line repetition 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 you're going to get your form you're going to do the whole thing now say you have a kid that comes in and and they're sad and uh we we ask them whatever and we that's it you're going to go to practice you're going to do it you're going to go home my big thing is why don't we spend time with the mental part in coaching and and how can we make that better like why don't we take the 15 minutes to bring our team together and create our culture why don't we you know work on the strategies of for women and these young girls of affirmations of of journaling of being able to learn to advocate for themselves to listen to each other with instead of immediately reacting like why do you think we don't do that as coaches and we only focus on the physical performance uh well I- I actually do, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, do I know. That. Well, that's why I'm it's saying, awesome. why do you think it's so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Because I want to change it. And I, yeah, I think. Um, do you I think, think they I, don't have strategies? Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Sorry. I, no, that's okay. I, I, I think quite honestly, I think because we're focused on the wrong things. I, okay. I, too many coaches are focused on the X and O's. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and they're focused more on coaching the kid um you know i got great advice one time coach the players you have not the players you wish you had and Incredible. And, and so many times we're looking at an athlete and saying all the things that they they can't do or all the things mm-hmm. we wish they could do or well they're not that person they're not that player and and i used to make the mistake early on in, in trying to you know hope that that i could get them to become a better shooter you know, in practice. But the reality is I got a better chance of connecting with them mm-hmm. and identifying with their pain and their struggles than I do making them a better shooter because being a better shooter takes years. Yeah. But, but connecting with your player, and I think some coaches are afraid, you know, or maybe just don't have the confidence in themselves to, to mm-hmm. not worry about basketball or not worry about whatever sport you're coaching. Um, you know, I, I don't know why, but I can tell you what I, what, what we do, what I do. What yeah. I would love to hear that, Bobby. We, we meet obviously before every practice, before every game in the classroom, at <laughs> this court. But what I also do too is, um, and I've learned this, uh, not only as a way to connect, but as, as having kids that played for other coaches and the frustration that comes with having a coach that doesn't make an effort to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak with each kid, um, probably not all of them before practice, mm-hmm. but you know, one or two or three before practice, I call them over. How's school? What's going on? Great job last night. You know, we got to get better at this. I'm proud of your effort here. You know, free throws, you know, got to get better, you know, and, yeah. and, and we, and I connect with them one-on-one so that they understand that I'm asking them questions about who they are as people, not, you know, just constantly talking about the particular sport that you're coaching. 
And um, I, I hope they appreciate that. It takes yes. it. It takes a lot of the pressure off when you're then starting to coach them. But, you know, I just think a lot of coaches think that um, it's all about the particular sport and it's not about the person. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it couldn't be more, it couldn't be like for us, like I said, rarely do we worry about basketball. Like we worry about all yeah. the others. Yeah. And then and when you do have the kids that I can identify and, and can compete and it's not even about winning because yeah, we won some games, but you know, we're, it's more about, did that athlete get better from the time he or she came into the program? Mm -hmm. You know, are they, are they happy? Are they satisfied? Um, so there's a lot of things that, that go into it. I, I just think a lot of coaches too also never had maybe the role models or the examples, you know, so they try and maybe emulate or simulate what they think a college coach or what they think a good coach um, would would act like or do. Sure. And I was very fortunate all my whole life. I'd never had a bad coach, you know, so I yeah. took pieces of all those coaches and 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 um, and kind of put it into the, what worked for us. But also on the flip side, too, which is what we were doing earlier. Some of them also had never had really, really bad coaches. We mm -hmm. are the kind of coaches that that a lot of times you say to yourself, well, I'm going to be a coach, but I'm definitely not going to treat my players that way. Yeah. You know, and um, so I think it comes from experience, you know, and it's not even a coaching thing. It's experience in life, you know, because you I can say that, you yeah, can replace you can coaches with bosses or you can replace coaches with supervisors. And mm -hmm. so if you don't have the ability to empathize with people and understand how you connect with people, it's very difficult, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's when a lot of the communication things with parents come into play, you know, which factor in. Um, yeah. And I've always, and I, I said this to, to Heidi during the season, like every kid on our team knows where they are and why, you know? Yeah. So if you're, if you're starting, you understand your role. Sure. If you're not playing a lot, I talk to those kids all the time to keep them engaged. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just the confidence, you know, some coaches don't want to approach the, the 10th kid on their bench because no. they're maybe afraid of, of what they'll say. Yeah. Uh, I've always taken the opposite approach and, Hey, we believe in you. You're not ready yet, but I, I see how hard you're working. Your turn, your time is going to come. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but that takes, you have to be in it for more than winning. You sure. know, if you're sure. in it just to win games, that ninth or 10th player on the bench doesn't really matter to you. You only care about the six or seven that, yeah. that, are, that, that can help, help you win, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. One of the things also too, as a coach that really helped me it was you know we had a few lean years a couple of years ago where I think we won like three games one year mm -hmm. four games and you know it basically the outcome was determined before we got there you know so yeah. it had nothing to do with coaching you know so <laughs> how do you how do you connect with kids for a 25 game season when you know they're just not ready to win yet yeah so yeah winning winning it was it didn't matter what we did yeah so I had to learn how to become a, a communicator you know and mm -hmm. constantly building up the younger kids because I knew it would pay off down the road and, and it had, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so, it, you know, I wish, I wish more coaches would be able to take psychology courses or, yeah. uh, or even go to a psychologist. Uh, and I think that's them. super important. Like one of the things I'm noticing is like coaches, like they don't even know how to be vulnerable themselves. Like, and why are they in it? Right. So right. you look and you say, you know, you got a lot of these high school coaches and it's like, well, you know, I, um, that stipend, right? New coaches, young, I'm going to do everything in the school. I got to get tenure. I'm going to coach this sport. And then it's like, do you really know what that looks like? Because you're not just coaching the sport. Like, are you prepared? And, and I believe they don't have the resources enough to do what we do as coaches. Right. Yeah. And so I think what we do as coaches, we value that because of our past and our experiences. And some coaches don't have that. They're just jumping in and it's like, okay, yeah, three to five, I'm a coach. I throw the ball out. It's, I'm going to compete. I've got these, you know, cl club team athletes. I'm going to manage them and we're going to win games. Yeah. It, it, Sadly, it, it, like they are, in my opinion, they are missing an opportunity to shape the foundation of these kids' lives in a different way. Because oh, without, without, without a question. Without a question. I mean, I would go play sure regional. I would go play Rumson and thank God I know the coaches and I was getting beat 13, nothing. And I'd come off the field and I would, and, and my girls were, we tried to find the positive and 13, nothing in hockey is a lot of points. That's like 70, like 60 in basketball, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then it was like, 
at the end of the season, you know, three years down the road, I talked to some of the athletes from the other schools and I don't know if they had the same experience my kids had, you know, like yeah. it's different. It's different. Well, it's, you know, and you also, there, there's a couple of things I was thinking of when you were talking. I also don't think um, as a dad of three daughters and as a guy that's committed to coaching girls, um, I also think a lot of coaches don't know the difference on how you coach girls versus boys or how they react to things differently. Um, and I've learned that along the way. Um, they're not any less tougher, quite the mm -hmm. opposite. Most girls are actually tougher, less whining, less um, nonsense, shall we say. But you have to approach coaching girls differently. You know, yeah. you speak to them differently. They're motivated by different things. Um, not, you know, you talk to most boys, most varsity boys, basketball players think they're going to play in the NBA, even though they're averaging four points a game. Um, most girls just want to be a part of the team and connect with their teammates. Um, so they're happy for their teammates when they do well. There's not as much animosity and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, jealousy, or at least I've found. Mm -hmm. And you also got to know that like girls don't look at basketball as a, or, or sports sometimes as an identity boys it's all the only thing they talk about but you have to understand that each girl is different and girls in general are different I learned a hard lesson one time when I was newer coach and there was a girl on her team who was frustrating everyone with her effort you know and it, it was reaching a point where it was like all right you know I have I thought I had to in front of the team comment on her effort or lack thereof <laughs> And it wasn't anything over the top, it, but but I addressed her one-on-one -on -one in front of the team. And about a day later, a girl came up to me and said, you know, coach, even though I agree with you, you shouldn't talk to the player that way in front of us. Yeah. And it was amazing, like, even though everybody agreed, and even though, <laughs> yeah. but it was, and I learned a lesson, like, where boys would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The females that I was coaching reacted completely different to what they agreed upon, but they were very concerned with the way I approached it. And yeah. it was a huge, a huge lesson for me in humility as well. Yeah, know? sure. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's um, I don't know, it's it's amazing how how coaches sometimes also, if you get into something to win, you're going to be disappointed because at the end of the day, you know, the reality is very few seasons end in a win. Mm -hmm. you know, you're even the the best programs in the state which you you know most of them in your area um mm -hmm. you know it's not it doesn't always end on the on the on a positive note and there was a there was a guy one time who was applying for a job and um i wasn't sure he was right for the job so i posed this question to him i said if if you're two and 15 in february are you going to be excited about going to the gym and coaching the team he's like no way i was like well then this isn't the right job for you you know, wow. yeah, and sure. and you have to approach it that way. You have to mm -hmm. be excited to to connect with the kids mm -hmm. and not make it about winning. You know, exactly. Yeah. How do you deal with the parents in your program? Like, how much communication do you have, and how can we send that message? How important that is. You know, uh, a couple of things. My particular program, sadly, we don't have a ton of uh, parent interaction. Okay. Uh, a lot of our parents are uh, working folk, you know, okay. not at games, not not there a lot, which, which you know, it, yeah. it, it is what it is. But the ones that are there, I look at parents as an asset, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're an asset. They're not a liability. Mm -hmm. um, they all have my phone number. I go over, I shake their hand. We say hello. We talk, we communicate. Um, I over communicate with their kids so that at any moment in time, you know, like I said to you earlier, the, the kids in our program know where they stand. They may not be happy about it and, and, yeah. and they may not like it, but, you know, they'll never go home and say, well, I have no idea why I'm on the bench or I, mm -hmm. I can't believe coach, um, you know, didn't play me the other night. Well, no, you know why. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and I also have done a lot of things to make sure that, you know, the kids that are not playing a lot of times or the kids that are struggling um, are always made to feel important, you know, mm -hmm. uh, always. It, mm -hmm. it, and I always um, emphasize the little contributions. What can you do today to help Woolbridge win? And sometimes it may just be cheering on the bench. Um, yeah, sometimes sure. it, it may just be, um, you know, the one minute you played or sometimes it may be the 30 minutes that you played mm -hmm. and the 25 points that you had. Um, so I always try to make it, you know, it sounds so the cliche, the we thing, but we always talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and even the little things that I learned, like from the good coaches that I had, like 
you know, so-and-so can make three jump shots in a row, but somebody set that screen, somebody made that pass, you know, yes. somebody helped get that player open. Mm -hmm. So we all, we always try in our program to make sure that the person that set the screen gets mm -hmm. the recognition, you know, mm -hmm. the person that, that made the pass uh, gets the recognition as well. Um, so we, and it's not easy, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's, and it all sounds good when you have good kids, this works out. Yeah. You have kids that don't buy in all, all the time. It's harder and it takes a little more communication, but I've been knock on wood. The parents at Woodbridge have been terrific, supportive, um, you know, in 10 years, uh, one phone call, two phone calls, maybe. Um, and, and that's and not it, a coincidence. And, and, and I don't care what anyone says. You, it's, <laughs> it's not a coincidence. It's the hard work. It's the communication you put in. When a kid knows where they stand, they're, they're not going home confused. When they go home confused, they act out. And then the parent wants to know why. And the easiest thing for the parent is to call the coach and find out what's going on. And, uh, and, and I'm a firm believer in that. Like, and I also think too, and as I alluded to earlier, like as a coach, it's okay to talk to the parents, like yes. say hello, be, yeah. be a human being, you sure. know, so many coaches that they walk by the parents after the game. And I'm not saying after the game, you got to go in there and, and explain why you made a decision to play one, three, one versus man to man. But when you see parents say hello, thank them for their support. Mm -hmm. um, even if you know, they don't like you yeah. when you show, when you show a side that is a human being, um you know who has kids as well you know i happen mm -hmm. to have them on the team but who has kids as well and has a family and a wife sitting in the bleachers too i think that goes a long way i think there's too many of these barriers sometimes that are put up between the the parents coaches and kids that are just silly like mm -hmm. you know hello mr smith you know yeah. your daughter's terrific thank you for her effort you know uh, we're going to get better whatever the case may be yeah um, I just think it goes a long way. I mean, it, you don't have to be a parent. The parents don't have to come to the barbecue. They don't have to be your best friend. You don't have to really text them or communicate with them. But, you know, open up a, a line of communication so that if there is an issue, instead of them calling the superintendent and then the principal and the AD, or in our town, sometimes they'll call the mayor, they, they pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. You know, or, or, yeah. or, they, or they send you an email first before they put it on Facebook that they think you're a shitty coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're a dad of three, right? One of your girls has an issue. Uh, being able to, I think, call the coach who's the first line of defense, who's going to talk to them differently than they talk to the parent. Say, hey, like one of my girls has got this going on. What do you think we can do? How can we help? I think that's a benefit to these kids and their mental health more than anything in this world. Like well, they know they're fighting for, everyone's fighting for them and they are there for them. And there's no you know, uh, split, it's, I just, it's, it's a game well, changer. And, and this isn't about me, but I can give you an example. We had a young lady last year who was really struggling with uh, confidence or emotions, mm -hmm. tremendously, mm -hmm. tremendously talented, uh, okay. gifted athletically, um, probably our best player this year. And she was having some composure issues, some frustration issues. And the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I approached the mother and said, I need your help. Mm -hmm. like, I need your wow. help. Like, yeah. what, 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 what can we do or what can, mm -hmm. what we got to fix this? You know, this isn't, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. I, I don't know how to connect with her right now. Yeah. And the mother, have, mother happened to be a tremendous basketball player herself, but even if she wasn't, um, I would have approached it in the same way. Like I need your help mm -hmm. here. I'm trying to connect with your daughter. We're trying to do what's right. We're trying yeah. to get her to be her best self and to be confident and, um, you know, so it's such a two-way street. But it's that's, such a two-way street. Mm -hmm. It comes, it com but it comes with you know, you, you, as a coach too, you have to have some humility. Um, yes. You know, you can't. You, I'm not better than anybody, and, and that, yeah. a lot of that comes with AA. You know, it's just one person helping another. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Different. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, no, I, as particularly as a father, and you just want to know too, as as a parent on the flip side, you just want to know that your daughters be treated fairly, and that. There's a coach there that will that will help if you pick up the phone, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, not all coaches. I, I can tell you, I don't trust a lot of coaches. Yeah. Most of, most of them, especially in college, are full of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we can talk about college coaches. That's a whole nother conversation. About <laughs> yes. most, of them, most of them aren't qualified to do what they do, particularly yes. on the mental side of it. Almost yes. more important the mental side of it. Well, yeah, um, that's what I've been finding when I reach out and uh, they and I want to just learn and I'm in this group with them, they, they will say, well, physical performance is my job. 
like if I don't produce the wins and losses, it's my job. And then they say like, I don't have, I don't have the time to worry about that. So we have X and X resources on campus. And then when I dive into the, the kids in the programs, the kids say, I'm not going to that. I don't want to be seen at that resource. Like I, I want to be able to trust my coach. And then we, we do this together. And that's the kid's perspective. And I just find that that needs to change tremendously in college because here you are, you've worked hard, you're here, you've done everything. And now your pressure's high. Everything is high. And all you are is a playing piece. Yeah. And also what you, what, what, the other element to that, which a lot of people or coaches don't realize is you're away from home. Your support mm-hmm. system isn't there. Um, and when, when I was in college and away from home without a support system, I used to have to walk down the end of the hallway to, to make a phone call. At least kids nowadays have the ability to connect with their, their, their older coaches or parents back mm-hmm. home. But, you know, there's not a coach in the world and I don't care what level that should look at a kid as, you know, what they can do for 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 them to win you yeah. got it all wrong yeah. you know you got it way wrong and yes their their job and their livelihood and they support their family via coaching but you it doesn't mean right mm-hmm. that that you don't treat people the right way because you're what making your living coaching basketball it's um it's crazy. And I see it more and more nowadays. I see coaches that just don't get it. Or they're trying to climb the ladder on the backs of kids and, mm-hmm. and they don't understand. Um, now, it also on, on the on the other end of that, too, like a lot of kids also have got to understand and respect. I wish I as a college athlete respected that dynamic more. And what, what do I mean by that, meaning my coach is earning a living. Mm-hmm. by our effort you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean i have to take his bullshit but it does mean that i should be prepared it does mean that i should get ready it does mean that i should take this two-hour practice seriously it does mean i should commit myself to doing the best i can to help my yeah. program which which helps him but it's a delicate thing because yeah um, yeah you know but it all boils down not unlike what we talked about in high school it's communication you know it's yeah. talking to the athletes it's understanding where they come from yeah. um it's understanding what motivates them it's understanding you know, if they don't play and they have to pick up the phone to call their parents, what does that do to them? Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you have to play them more because they their their situation, but it means you can identify with that player a little bit more and, and, and be sure. more empathetic at times. And yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I don't college is a whole nother level. My, my 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 thing is is just you know, with the youth sports nowadays and the high school, the enormous pressure because that's where my pressure came from. Um I just it's 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 a real epidemic. If you want my honest opinion, the real epidemic is is crazy yeah. kooky sports parents. Yeah. Um, you know because the damage that they're you're doing it's just it's gonna it, it's gonna rear its ugly head in some fashion down the road, and there's mul- multiple ways that it re- reveals itself. You know. Mm-hmm. And their their philosophy behind that is they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. But what am I supposed to do if I don't put my kid in the team that everybody else's kid is playing on? Then my team my kid's not going to be good. My team, my kid's not going to be as good as them. And then my kid's going to want to know why they're not good. So I have to do that. Well, so there's that whole other dynamic of their mental health as parents. Yeah. And, and, you know, just when you're connecting your confidence as a parent or as a person to your child's athletic achievement or academic achievement or music achievement or whatever achievement you want to, you want to use as an example, there's something wrong. And, you know, I've tried to tell people and I, and I sound like the crusty old guy, but when we grew up playing basketball, we played eight rec games, eight Mondays in a row. There was no travel. There was no AAU. And then once basketball was over, I play in the yard and then we would play baseball. And then once baseball was over, we had one week of summer camp that I looked forward to. And then I didn't usually pick up a ball from August till maybe October, November. You know, it's, there's just too much like missing out like the parents feels i'm gonna miss out well what are you missing out on yeah yeah i don't i don't i I don't i don't get it i think it's unhealthy i wish more people but like you said and i've had people ask me for advice and i remember there was a nice woman who came and to warehouse and asked me what should i do with my daughter this spring you know she's a freshman and she's uh got to get ready for high school basketball and you know what AU team she should play for blah 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 on and on and on and i said you know what let her play another sport She's a freshman. She doesn't need to play AU. Can't afford it as it is. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. A week later, she signed up for an AU team, traveled the country. And then in the middle of August called and said, you were right. Well, 
Yeah. You know, people have to learn themselves, you know. Yeah, it's, sure. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. It's tough. It's, people don't it sometimes people and the thing I found too, sometimes people don't want advice. They they go to you to hopefully hear or validate their already proven uh mm -hmm. mindset or approach. And then when you don't say it, they're usually polite, but most of them go and just find somebody else who agrees with <laughs> well, them. Agree with them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. Definitely. I mean, I definitely think you said the right thing about it being an epidemic because these kids are, they're just not having fun. Uh, yeah, just... no, I, my, my brother and I, who, you know, my, my brother walk on university of Florida, Billy Donovan, uh, you know, play with three pros. He's five, seven. Um, mm -hmm. so he had the same upbringing, the same work ethic and all that. But, but we talk about it all the time, like the way that some young children are treated is a form of abuse. It, it's, it, it, it is. And you cannot tell me that it's not because the negative impacts, the lack of self-esteem, the, the criticism that comes with, with a lot of the um, uh, performance evaluations at a young age are devastating. Mm -hmm. It's devastating. And um it's tough. It's tough. People don't see it, you know, and well, they uh, say if they can't handle it, then they shouldn't be an athlete. And that's not true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the, sure. that's the other side of things when people are like, well, you know, I understand where you're coming from. However, like and but, then I'll just be like, I'm trying to learn as best as I can, like having these conversations with you is to be able to go back at them because. Yeah, I can tell you, and, and I can tell you, and, and like I just mentioned, I mentioned my brother as an example. He played with Jason Williams, you know, the white chocolate sure. Jason Williams. Was, he was his roommate and teammate, and he used to work out with him. Jason Williams didn't grow up playing basketball every day. Mm -hmm. He didn't. Mike Miller, mm -hmm. who was another one of his teammates, he didn't grow up playing basketball every day. They played other sports. They were much more well-rounded. They came from families that were supportive. Um, so this, whether it's the chasing of a scholarship or where they think their young baseball player is going to be a professional, it's just misguided. And yeah. most of the guys that are given that advice didn't walk in our shoes. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. make us better or, or, yeah, or anything sure. like that. It just means that we, we, I've been there. It's not that much fun, pal. You know, mm -hmm. it's really not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so if you want to be, you know, if you want your child to be that way, keep going. Yeah. But it's like, you know, knock on wood, it's like banging your head on the wall at times. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. And athletics, man, they can change people's lives. I mean, no matter what. And uh, but then there's also the issue of you're not an athlete forever, but you learn the skills from that sure. if you can do it the right way and there is a tremendous and a lot of the things we talked about you know yeah or the negative parts of it right yeah but so many positives the, sure. the work that discipline the structure the the commitment the teamwork the the ability to get along and, and work with, with with other people the you know the the sacrifice and the putting in the time and the all that stuff there's so many positives that are still athletics still um provides you know mm -hmm. But um, at a certain point, the kids, it's like a, they weigh, they weigh the pros and cons mm -hmm. and they just choose to do something else, which is why a lot of high school programs are struggling in numbers, mm -hmm. you know, um, because kids just say, ah, I'm not doing it. I, I, all, I've, all I've associated with that sport is, is pressure and negativity. Why would I want to keep doing it? Mm -hmm. um, or I'm uh, not good enough to do it because I don't play a travel team and uh, I'm not going to play. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, my biggest thing is looking at you, I have this opportunity to talk to you and these nuggets of information are going to be shared for the parents that are asking me and the coaches to just understand the other perspective. And, um, but honestly, like if I, my biggest takeaway from sports is the relationships, like I have a foundation of people that have now helping me build a business and my passion and, um, and that to me is like one of the busy, biggest skills. You learn to communicate, you learn to trust, you learn to, and if you treat people right, they will always be there for you. And that's, yeah. I think, the biggest thing these women need to learn, these girls, and uh, value these relationships. And that's missing a little amongst these teammates. And um, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and, and I think a lot of times... Um, because they don't allow themselves to feel like a team because their parent, they go home and their parents are saying, well, Anne shouldn't be playing because she's, you know, about this or so-and-so shouldn't yeah. be. So it, it tears apart that fabric and that fiber. Um, sure. And I, man, I can identify with what you're saying. I, I have a text chain of the 12 players that I played with that we won a championship with in 1993. No way. 
And to this day, we still text back and forth. And when, That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's special. And I, and I feel bad for the people that don't have that. Yeah. You know, and, and I still, and I still see the guys that I played high school basketball with, and it's, it's, it shouldn't be a negative. There's always going to be challenges and things, but you know, it's, it's a shame how so many players walk away from a sport or graduate or move on. And it's just negative. And then throw in the transfer portal where you can just bail on each other right away. Sure. And yeah. What is yeah. that? Why, why, why be a good teammate? I'm out of here in, in three months, you know, yeah. something better. And then they learn that when they're done playing athletics, there's nothing better. It's yourself. You got to not. Yeah. And, and another thing, you know, it, it's funny too, you bring that up because so many parents, their goal is to get their kids a college scholarship or to have their kids play in college, which is great. It, it, it for some families, it absolutely economically is terrific. Um, for some kids, it's terrific. Um, but my, like I said, I alluded to my brother again, who played at, for Billy Donovan of Florida. And we were talking to parents one time and you know, college sports is not fun. Like college <laughs> sports is a lonely business. And once you get there, it's, you know, early practices with nobody in the gym, and he said to uh, this dad who was hemming and hawing about uh, his kid playing in college one time, he said, you know what? College basketball is not all one shining moment, pal. Mm -hmm. And he was right. You know, the one shining moment they play at the end, uh, and everybody thinks it's the greatest experience in the world. And most of the time it's not. It's a lonely journey that if you fight through and you make it and the lessons that you learn, and that's why I give so many kids credit who last all four years or fight through mm -hmm. adversity or come back from injuries or, or do those kinds of things, because that's what college is about. It's not yes. the, the, no. the, 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 you know, ESPN, Dick Vitale, that's a small, small percentage of it. Um, and it's a lonely, you're, you're all of a sudden now by yourself and um, it's a job. Mm -hmm. So, but, mm -hmm. but people sell their soul along the way. Right. And, it's a grind. Uh, <laughs> if, if it happens for your child, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, and there's so many ways, we need another topic. There's so many more ways uh, academically to get scholarship money that people don't even pay attention to. That. No, that's not no. cool. It's not cool to say, you know, uh, my daughter applied for such and such and such and such and got all sorts of money that way. That's yeah. much more cool when you're with the softball coaches to say she got a scholarship. Which, yeah. Yeah. My stepsons did extremely well academically and, uh, they got a lot of money to go to college and um, that's, that's a great point you bring up and they're doing very well for themselves and it's not about the sports. Mm -hmm. And they're healthy and happy and what, and, and you know, you know, my kids, Brooke, very yeah. good high school athlete, had a great career, Drew, all positive, nothing negative. Mm -hmm. And Bailey, who could have played in, in, in college as well, definitely talented enough to play at some level, just said, I don't want to. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. She, and she's happy as can be. And, happy and as can we be. couldn't be happier for her because mm -hmm. it was her decision. She wasn't forced to to do all, it. wasn't about me. Like, oh, you got to go to college. You got to play basketball in college. Like, yeah, I could care less. You know, yeah. like, you, we could hide. We could care less. And some of that also comes with us having our own confidence and uh, maybe humility as former athletes mm -hmm. to say, you know, yeah, it's okay. You know, yeah, it's both of your personalities. You guys definitely balance each other with that for sure. Yeah. It's not about you ever. And both of you were studs. It was never about that. You can no. that air is definitely not there. So, <laughs> so like one of the things I like to leave every podcast with is, I mean, obviously we all want to leave a legacy, right? And so <laughs> with that last, with a sentence I'd like you to leave us with, and of course, all, all about all in is if you were to leave a legacy, I want you to complete this sentence. I am all in to do what? Uh, getting kids to believe in themselves, uh, getting getting kids to to believe that with hard work and dedication, and, you know, anything's possible. Uh, getting kids to believe that uh, it's not all about sports. Getting kids to believe that they can accomplish anything. Um, yeah, God, there's so many things I'm all in for. It's getting kids to believe in themselves. Getting kids to uh, never give up. Getting kids to understand adversity. Oh, man, I'm all in. So, so many things yeah. it's, uh, but it's all about believing in kids you know and, and like I started this whole thing with I to keep myself sober I wanted to give back you know give back what was given to me and um, I've tried to do that I tried to believe in kids so you know if, if I die if, if they say well man he really cared about kids man that'd, that'd be pretty your legacy yes love that <laughs> Bobby thank you I appreciate you, it so much 
You are doing a terrific job. Thank you awesome. so much. We're going to keep going. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so honored to know. End of story. Go all in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of All In Chronicles with Big Ange. We hope you enjoyed listening and you're inspired to champion your mentality. Please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review. Subscribing helps us reach more people and grow our community. Plus, you'll be notified when we release new episodes. To learn more, connect with us, or buy Empowering Apparel, visit our website at www.allinathletes.org. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, stay all in to be your best.